Today on episode number 577 of the School of Podcasting, I asked you the question, what have you changed about your podcast and why? We've got a lot of answers. Thank you to everyone who sent that in. I'm also going to talk about the power of distraction. Never underestimate that. And I'm going to talk about a mistake I made on this exact program and how we're going to fix it. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm going to bring my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology, and I'm going to help you massage your message. I'm going to help you tackle that technology, face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and get you on the road to not just podcasting, but podcasting right. So you can avoid all the headaches, avoid all the burnouts. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and you can uh, save on your first month at the School of Podcasting. Well, the last episode of the month, we started something new this year, and this is where I sent out a question, you answer it, and we all learn together. And so this month's question was, if you've started a podcast, what have you changed since you started it? and why. And as always, I'm really humbled at the amount of people that responded and you have some great insights. So I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get to it. Our first one, if you are a member of the Libsyn Voxer group, she's kind of like Liberace. You just got one name. You say when, and you know who we're talking about. My podcast has changed over the years. I have I had a co-host, I lost that co-host, I acquired another one, then I decided to completely change the name and rebrand it because men wanted to get involved, so it was then called Wings Women of Wisdom, now it's called Butterflies of Wisdom, and my website is Butterflies of wisdom.webelieve.com, you can find Butterflies of Wisdom in all podcasting catching apps. This is Wynn from Butterflies of Wisdom. Thank you, Wynn. Next up, we have Brad from The Cinema Guys. Hey, Dave. It's Brad from The Cinema Guys. I know we're fairly still new to the podcasting space. We're coming up on our first year here in a couple of weeks, and we're pretty excited about that. I mean, within that first year, there have been changes to our show. Um, most obvious to change in our show would be audio as we're learning in the space and having multiple co-hosts. There's been a change in mics the way we record and tweaking along the way. I mean, that that's just the learning process within this short time. Uh, the other thing that has changed in our show is I used to script the intro and outro of our show, and we got responses from listeners saying it sounds too robotic and it sounds different than the rest of the show. So... I went and changed that and and cut the scripting out, and now I just outline the show of key points that we're going to talk about and give it a short intro. We lead right in, and there's points that we're going to hit along the way, and we just kind of discuss 
and get to our our major points. Um, other than that, I mean, we're still we're still learning. We're still you know early in the game, and things will probably change again. I mean, it's podcasting. That's the great thing about this medium is something doesn't work, you can change it. If you know you put something new in, you can tweak it, and and that's what I love about it. Um, this is Brad from the Cinema Guys. We can be found at wearethecinemaguys.com. And I want to thank you, Dave, for what you do and keep up the good work, man. Thank you, Brad. And yeah, you'll see a lot of this about scripting. You're not the only one that does that. And scripting isn't bad if you can make it sound like you're not reading. And that is easier said than done. Next up, we have Anna. Hi, Dave. I am Anna Siewold from AuthenticParenting.com and host of the Authentic Moments podcast. It's a show for parents about personal growth in the context of parenting. I have been podcasting since 2015, and while I experimented and changed some things over time, like my intro music, one thing I changed the most is my podcast cover art. I feel like many people will say, what? Why is that even an issue? But for me, it is. I just love smartly designed podcast cover arts. I changed my cover art five times. And as I record this message, actually, I am finalizing my final design with a graphic designer. That's my last podcast cover art. When I first started my show, even though I clearly knew what the show was going to be about, the format, and all of the details, I feel like it took me a couple of years to really refine the concept for me. If you listen to the older episodes of my show, I don't think you would notice much of a difference in the content, but I know for sure, for me personally, it is so much more clear what my show is all about my theme, my identity. And I feel like my podcast cover art evolution matches the stages of maturity I went psychologically. Literally 10 days ago, I was waiting for a friend in a restaurant and the idea came to me. I immediately scribbled quickly on the napkin and I felt so happy. I posted my order in 99design And after receiving over 104 variations, I finally chose a winner who truly captured the essence and meaning of my message. I am very excited as now I am proud of my cover art. I can't wait to use it and maybe even put it on a mug for myself, on a t-shirt, for my favorite listeners. Thanks for all you do. And thanks for engaging your listeners. This was a great opportunity for me to reflect on this topic. And I always look forward to your monthly questions. So keep up the good work. Yay for School of Podcasting. Thank you, Anna. And she's actually thinking ahead there, not just a logo for her podcast, but how is this going to work on a mug and a t-shirt and things of that nature? Next up, from Christian Science for Kids, we have Sherry Fields. Hey, Dave. When I set up my show, I made myself a Word document script 
following your advice and Daniel J. Lewis's advice. And I've been saving it in Dropbox. So when my computer crashed, I could just pull it up. And a lot of the words on there, I haven't changed a bit, like our Welcome to the Creation Science for Kids show. But I did learn from Daniel's advice to put my little intro right at the beginning. And it seems like I didn't do that the first couple episodes, but I started doing that pretty quickly. The other thing that's happened is how I do the calls to action. My son, Joseph, loves to listen to kids' podcasts. And one of them, it was more highly produced from Minnesota Public Radio. And he said, why don't we do it like they do, where the kids help out with all the calls to action? So instead of me just rattling things off at the end, there is a better chance that people will still want to listen because they get to hear a little more of the kids' voices as they say, hey, come check out our Facebook page and all those things. And I'm constantly adjusting that. I try not to do things in a boring way. I'll even put in, read these on the even and odds, and I tend to ignore that after a few episodes so that they aren't all the same. But the very opening and the very close of my podcast pretty much has stayed the same since my first episode. It's just how I do the calls to action and even the setup, the basic outline of my show of Bible, more science, and then the kids report. That hasn't changed at all. So I kind of like that it's both got the continuity and something always fresh. So thanks for asking. Very cool. Yeah. If you can get your kids involved, every time I hear that, I always laugh because I'm picturing them when they're 18 and mom busts out the, here's here's little Johnny when he was four going, use MailChimp or something like that. I know um, Natalie Ekdahl from uh, BizChicks, C-H-I-X, uh, has her kids doing her ads and they're hilarious. You know, um, join a mastermind with my mama. I think it's my favorite. Next up, we have Christopher. Hey, Dave, this is Chris Lewis from the Dad Spotlight podcast, as well as the Law School Insider podcast. And uh, things have changed quite a bit since I started both of these shows. It's been over two years for the Dad Spotlight podcast and almost two years for the Law School Insider podcast. And I have grown as a interviewer. I've grown as a communicator. I have learned so much about editing and things. Uh, I've hopefully become smarter in how I do things. When we first started the Dad Spotlight podcast, I found that I was writing out a lot of the questions that I wanted to ask our guests prior to the interview. I did a lot of pre-planning and did a lot of research on the person prior to, but then kind of scripted out what I wanted to say. And that started to feel a little bit robotic. And for me, and I think for my co-host, we found that it was much more organic when we took a step back and we instead allowed for the questions to come out of the conversation. So we still do all the research when we have people on our show and we definitely have some ideas of the the direction that we want to go, but that doesn't mean that we can't change on the fly and change the direction based on what they share and what they want to share in that regard too. So that being said, things have definitely changed, but that doesn't mean that it's for for the worse. It doesn't mean it, and it is definitely, in my opinion, for the better. 
we continuously try to be innovative and try new things. And I think that's what you have to do when you're podcasting. So hope that answers your question. And uh, thanks for all that you do. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I always have questions set up. You know, I, I write them out ahead of time and I use that as a fallback. I always have the first question, hopefully designed to steer the podcast or steer the interview in the direction that I want it to go. And then I just listen for opportunities for follow up. And then if I kind of come to a dead end, I go back to my list. Next up, Emily from the Story Behind podcast. Hi, Dave. This is Emily Prokop from the Story Behind at the storybehindpodcast.com. If you listen to my first few episodes of my podcast, you can tell I'm trying to use this soothing voice telling a gentle story with some clips. I think I was trying to be a soothing narrative like the Memory Palace or You Must Remember This. But because part of why I do the story behind is because I get excited when I learn new information and trivia, the soothing tone went out the window by probably the third episode. And since I write similarly to how I speak, my natural voice started coming through, which I tend to enjoy editing a lot more than me trying to take on someone else's voice. Thanks for all you do. And I'm excited to hear how others have changed their shows. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, you got to be you. Bottom line. I mean, I did a, a character once in a podcast. It was the, the grumpy old man talk like this. What? Oh, you're stupid. And it just killed my voice. And halfway through about every episode, I ended up sounding like me because I would fall out of character. Next up, speaking of great voices, Craig from Inglés Podcast. Hi, Dave. It's Craig here from com. What's changed since I started podcasting? Well, the co-host thing. I started podcasting flying solo back in 2010, it was, and my co-host came on board for my language podcast back in 2014. So I was podcasting on my own for a few years. And why did I change it? The podcast was terrible. I mean, I teach language and I, it was just me droning on about grammar and vocabulary and I was putting myself to sleep. So God knows what I was doing to the audience. When my friend and colleague agreed to jump on the podcast with me, it became a lot more dynamic. He brought his ideas and his input to the podcast. It gave me some more accountability. So not only was I accountable to the audience every week, but also accountable to my co-host. And I think it really raised the game as far as the podcast is concerned. I personally work better with someone than by myself. And it just made everything more fun. I just enjoyed doing it more when somebody else was coming on the mic with me. So I'm just all for co-hosting. I also co-hosted on a second podcast with Pilar Ortiz from virtualnotdistant.com about Spanish podcasting. That podcast is on a hiatus at the moment. It's over at podcast.com. And it was about what's, what's happening in the Spanish pod, podcasting space over here in Spain. So we interviewed Spanish podcasters. It was so much fun. And I learned a lot, not only from the guests that we interviewed, but also from Pilar, my co-host. So the idea of having a co-host for me really helps me grow as a podcaster. And I believe it makes the podcast more entertaining and listenable. So let me throw that out there. If you're flying solo at the moment on your podcast, you might want to ask the question, could I bring a co-host on board? Would it benefit your audience if you brought somebody else on the show with you? If so, you, you might want to give it a shot. Uh, just a quick caveat to that, because make sure that your expectations and that of your prospective co-host are in line before you sit down and hit record. Uh, perhaps even throw something down on paper 
uh, like an informal contract or something. Who's going to do what? How are you going to divide up the responsibilities? I've had no problems with either of the people I've co-hosted with, with Pilar or with my friend Reza. Um, my friend Reza now comes to my flat every two or three weeks. We sit down, we record a batch of podcasts. He eats and he leaves. That is the only thing he does. But I'm okay with that. I knew that from the start that I would be doing everything else involved in the podcast. But it's important to get that clear from the beginning. Anyway, that's it from me. All the best, Dave. I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much, Craig. Yeah, words of wisdom there. Get it. You don't have to go through a lawyer if you don't want to, but set your expectations. I know, I guess I'll do one for me. Uh, I do a show on Saturday morning, Ask the Podcast Coach. It's every Saturday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Ask the Podcast Coach dot com slash live if you want to listen to it live with Jim Cullison. And I started off solo. It was just me. And uh, like Craig, it was horrible. In fact, I did an episode about a month ago where I went back. Jim couldn't make it, and it was just me, and I thought I would feed off the chat room. And uh, I was not happy when that episode was over, so I don't think I'll be doing any solo shows. But uh, luckily, Jim was uh, just said, hey, you sound like you need a co-host. Do you want to try that? And I was like, sure. And it's worked out great. And uh, even better, Jim was like, I don't want anything. I'm just going to show up and talk. So that's the beauty of that. And that's something that we will go back about once a year and go, are you still cool with the you don't get anything thing? Nope, he's fine. So uh, set those expectations. And uh, sometimes, depending on the way you have the show formatted, maybe having a co-host would be a great idea. Next up, we got Gabe. Hey, Dave, it's Gabe DeMeo from the Guys in Food podcast. Guys in Food is a man cave where regular guys talk about food and drink instead of sports and cars. You can find it at guysinfood.com. The question you ask is, how has my show changed? Why did I make those changes? Well, the show's changed in a lot of ways. Primarily, it's much more streamlined than it used to be. When I first started the podcast, I had grandiose plans of having multiple segments in the show and doing an hour podcast once a week. And I'd have at least two, sometimes three segments. One of them would be a how-to. One of them would be an interview of sorts. And then another segment would be what I'm doing food-wise. And I realized that that really wasn't sustainable, given the other things I had to juggle. And there was a lot of work that went into it. Not only did I have to do the research for the shows I wanted to do and figure out the logistics, but then I had to research the interviews, organize the interviews, edit the interviews, record the voice track for the show, edit the voice track for the show, mix the show, do the oogly boogly with regard to getting the show up and then all that social media back-end stuff that everybody loves to do, including the show notes. So that was a lot of work. The other part of that also was I had a sense that it would be better for the listener if I just went straight to the subject at hand. Instead of offering three segments in one show, it made sense to me, at least, to just do the interview with an author, or to do the how-to segment, or to do a show about what I was cooking and drinking and eating, etc. So what I did was I've scheduled that out, and in a typical four-week month, the first week I'll do an interview. The second week I'll do what I refer to as a list show. So, for example, I did a show on the top six sauces and relishes to up your grilling game. Another episode I did in that category would be a dozen kitchen hacks to help make your life easier. The third week would be the how-to for example, I did a show 
on how to up your fruit pie game for those who like to make fruit pies during the summer. Also, I did a show on how to tell the difference or discern the difference, rather, between things like organic wine and sustainable wine, terms like that. And then finally, the last week is my roundup show where I talk about the delicious things to eat, to drink, to cook, to bake, to read, etc. So that's essentially how I've broken things. Now, my workflow is a lot easier than it was. I also changed the release day of the show. I used to have the release day on Saturday, and I spent you know the prime family time, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, worrying about getting the show out. So what I did was I just moved the time to release the show to Wednesdays. And sometimes I get it out on Wednesday, sometimes I get it out on Thursday. But generally speaking, it's a midweek release as opposed to a weekend release. And that's made things a lot easier for me as well. So those are the changes I made. Those are the reasons why I made them. Thanks for taking the time to listen. And I appreciate the opportunity to learn from what other folks are doing and from you especially. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thank you, Gabe. Yeah, this show is kind of multiple segments. And the biggest problem of that is what do you then make the title of the episode? So sometimes multiple segments. I think if I could go back and change things, that's what I would change about this show. Next up, my favorite beekeepers from New Zealand. Okay, Dave. Well, this is Gary here and Margaret from Kiwi Mana Buzz. Yeah. G'day, Dave. G'day from New Zealand. Bit of feedback for you. But we're not Australians. The question was, Margaret, what has changed about your show since you started and why did you make the change? Well, we've gotten older. It's true. Older, hopefully wiser. Probably not. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Well, we introduced interviews from episode 12. That was something we changed. So we sort of gave some uh, sort of like some expert opinions about things. Um, we made our intro music five seconds rather than 30 seconds because we thought it was ridiculous, the 30-second intro. I didn't mind it too much, but, yeah, it just made it a bit more straight into the show, eh? Straight into the content, eh? Yeah, yeah. And probably the next best thing was we improved the sound quality. Hopefully you can hear that. We had really bad mics and we didn't know what we were doing, so the sound quality is a lot improved. Mostly I think we've learned a lot and as we've gone through that process and we've done a lot of optimizing on the search engine side of things that you've been doing, we've become more popular. So we've um, started introducing a lot more feedback, eh? Yeah, we have a lot more feedback from our listeners. From uh, we've been copying the Facebook comments about articles and stuff that we talk yeah, about. Yeah. So that's been really good because it's like get, getting people involved in the show, and people love to hear their name. Yeah, they participate a bit more so. And as we've we've uh, you know sort of worked the website and everything to do with the website and connected them to the podcast, it has meant that we've been able to get more patrons, which has helped us with other things, eh? like getting a new mic or whatever. Yes, indeed. Our, our goal one day is to get a new mixer because our one's a bit crappy and it, the, it's very static here when you move the, the knobs, don't you, the volume knobs. Yeah, so, um, yeah, with progress, those are the key things. Anything else you can think of, Gary? No, that's it. So thanks, Dave, for all you do for podcasting and we love your show and we love the Bernie show. So keep up, keep up Bernie. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. We should say where we're from. Anyway, if you want to <laughs> if you want to go to our show, it's kiwimana.co.nz or you can look at beekeepingpodcast.com. Thanks, Dave. 
Thank you, Gary and Margaret. As we speak, uh, one Bernie and I are having a fight as he keeps trying to put his tail over the keyboard, and that's kind of uh, halting my progress here. Next up, we have Jenny. Hey, Dave. This is Jenny Kay on Studio Chaotic, studiochaotic.com. The change I'm talking about today is a mental one. Nothing technical, nothing drastic, but uh, pretty huge. And it all happened not too long ago when you, Dave, and the School of Podcasting kind of, for sure, most certainly saved my podcast from oblivion, from fading, from disappearing, from being deleted and trashed. Uh, I can't say really what happened, but I just decided I take myself too seriously. So I decided not to do that. So what happened is that I started taking myself less seriously and I'm taking the podcast seriously because it deserves it. And my listeners deserve me taking it seriously. And with that comes thinking of myself as a podcaster, not just a every now and then, occasional, maybe when I feel like it, kind of podcaster, because that never did work for me. And I also stopped thinking about all the other podcasts that I should be starting instead of what I'm doing. Like, uh, I could start one called uh, Life as a Blind Audio Geek, or Living with uh, Retinitis Pigmentosa, or Where's my retina, folks? You know, crap like that. And and that's just one part of uh, me, right? I just stopped because that's not what I want to do. And there are plenty of blind podcasters out there that do a fantastic job. And uh, I can't uh, even come close to what they're doing. And I don't want to. I want to entertain. I want to have fun. and. So I decided that uh, entertaining and having fun is a serious business. So there you go. A change of attitude. And that's all it took for me. And uh, other changes are happening thanks to that. And uh, yeah. So thank you, Dave. And uh, take care. Uh, bye. I th I was really intrigued by her answer because I think... One of the things I try to do on this show and especially at the School of Podcasting is let people know kind of realistic expectations. The whole, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to do it seven days a week, I'm going to call it Apex on Fire and, you know, whatever, and I'm going to make a million dollars in six, it, it, it ain't going to happen. So I'm not here to, to you know, Dave Jackson Dream Crusher, that's, that's my new uh, business card. But I do try to set people with realistic expectations. And there are there is no set like you should have this many downloads because everybody's show is different. Everybody's niche is different. And speaking of unique niches or niche, take your pick. Uh, we got John Wilkerson. Hey, Dave, John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool, which you can find over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You'll find tech tools and tips for homeschooling a digital generation over there. So what has changed since I've started that podcast? Well, I started that podcast back in 2010. Overall, I started podcasting in 2005. But this particular one, there's a couple of things that have changed. I've changed my focus, which I'm probably going to change again. So when I started 
the podcast, it was about introducing homeschoolers to tech that they can use. And now it's a little bit more about, now that you've been introduced to that tech, here's how we can use it. And I'm looking to do a transition from there. But one other thing that has changed is the frequency that I release episodes. It used to be a weekly podcast. And I played around with weekly and bi-weekly. And now I release an episode when I have something to talk about. So it could be one episode a month. It could be four episodes a month. And the interesting thing about that is in the last year when I decided, look, I'm going to release an episode when I have something to talk about, my stats took off. I mean, like by 30% increase in the number of downloads that I'm getting. Now, I don't know if that means people don't like it when I talk so much, or maybe my audience just doesn't have time to listen to an episode every week. Or maybe my content is better now because I'm only, I'm not trying to rush to find something to talk about. But even though I don't have a consistent release schedule, I'm still getting better download numbers than before. So there's that. I don't know necessarily if that's what you're looking for because I kind of break all the rules with my podcast. People listen on Windows and in Windows Media Player more than they listen <laughs> on on Apple devices, although that has been changing. But when you look at my stats, they're they're like flipped. If if you take everything in normal podcasts and flip the stats, that's my podcast. <laughs> Keep up the great work. And I look forward to hearing everyone else's responses. Bye. Thank you, John. Live from his car, obviously. Yeah, that's the way I feel. Now, we do Podcasters Roundtable. That's Ray Ortega, myself, and Daniel J. Lewis. We do that every two weeks. And Ray has a podcast called Podcaster Studio, and he'll be the first to say that it is very, very sporadic. But when I see a new episode of Podcaster Studio come out, I know it's because Ray has something to say. So I always say, if you can come up with a schedule, that's great because then you become part of somebody's routine. But if you don't have something to say, I hear people start off podcasts. They're like, well, I promised you a podcast every Wednesday. So it's Wednesday. It's 430. So it's time for me to hit record. I eject immediately because that just means they're going to talk to hear themselves speak and waste my time. So thank you very much for that. Uh, here's a fun one. What if the topic you were doing just blew up, exploded and went away? That's what Kim's facing. This is Kim from Toastmasters101.net. My podcast is Toastmasters 101 and on the table, Topics for Toastmasters. My podcast is changing because my topic is changing. Toastmasters is moving into the 21st century, away from paper manuals and to an online program. They've updated everything, and now everything I've done is now obsolete. This is good what Toastmasters is doing, and it's good for me because now I have a whole bunch of new topics that I can talk about on Toastmasters. This is Kim from Toastmasters101.net and On the Table Podcasts. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Kim. And Kim is also a member of the Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup Group. You can find that at neohiopodcasters.com. Next up, we got Mark. Hi, Dave. This is Mark W. King 
from Distilling Venture Capital. And I'm going to jump in here. This audio quality is a little wonky. This has nothing to do with Mark. This was something went wonky with SpeakPipe. And you'll hear a little noise later. This has been run through Auphonic. If you could see this file, the original was super duper duper quiet. And then it gets loud at the end. But anyway, it's not Mark's fault, but we can still understand what he's saying. The number one thing that I've had to change really was driven by the format. I started out like a lot of people using... Uh, an interview format. And unfortunately, I ran headfirst into the scheduling problems that go along with an interview show. And at first, I thought it was actually the topic I was using. Uh, so I switched for uh, switched titles, switched concepts, and still based, though, on interviews. And then after the second try, I realized uh, interviews were just not going to work if I was going to continue the podcast. So Distilling Venture Capital is now a mostly solo show, uh, spiced up every now and then by some interviews or guest uh, appearances. But uh, that's been the biggest thing. And another lesson that I would pass along from that process is I would encourage a new podcaster not to title their show in a way that limits the format. Because I actually had to restart uh, from scratch with new titles kind of new cover art, the whole thing, because my title had been so closely tied to the format. And when I changed format, I was kind of painted into a corner. So I think now I've got a more flexible title, and I've got a flexible con- uh, flexible concept and format that works better with my schedule. And that's what's going to allow me to keep podcasting into the future. Like everybody else, I want to say thanks for all that you do for uh, the podcasting community and for uh, the advice I've gotten from you over the years. Really enjoy the show and also enjoy the Saturday morning school of podcasting as well. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, we have fun on Saturday morning. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And yeah, if you want to rebrand your show, keep in mind that if you're using Libsyn, you don't have to start from scratch. If it's basically the same kind of concept, same topic, but maybe you're changing the name, you can just go in and change the artwork, change the name of the show, change the description and keep your feed the same. That way you don't lose your subscribers and you don't lose your rankings if you have any and any reviews that you might have. So if you're more or less just changing the title because you're like, "Eh, I'm not really sure I like the way this is named. I've said this story before. I did a show called Musician Cyber Cooler. I changed it to Musicians Cooler. And then I changed it to the marketing musician and all those had the exact same feed. Yes. In the feed, it said M cooler, but nobody looks at the actual URL of your feed. Next up, we've got Paul Clifford. Hi, Dave. This is Paul Allen Clifford from TrinityDigitalMedia.com. Uh, you might recall we've met uh, on a couple of occasions. and I do remember. We both spoke in Kentucky. It was really cool for uh, writers many, many, many moons ago, back in the day. I've been podcasting since 2005. Uh, pretty early on, I found you, and I was scripting out everything in my first podcast. And then slowly but surely, I went to more of an outline freewheeling format. And then I started adding video. And I did that for a long time. But I've noticed that I tend to pause in awkward places. So I started scripting it out again and using a teleprompter. So That's kind of the progression. Started scripting, then I 
went to uh, outline format, then I added video, and now I'm back to scripting again. So that's what's changed a lot. I've also added a couple of shows and blah, blah, blah. You get the point. But uh, that's what's changed in my podcast. Thank you, Paul. And next up, every Monday, I listen to this show. I love it. It's short. It's sweet. And I usually have something that I'm going to do on my computer when I'm done listening to it. Take it away, Scott Johnson. Good morning, Dave Jackson. Scott Johnson here from the Computer Tutor Podcast, where every Monday morning, I show you how to do something cool with your computer. And that's at ComputerTutorFlorida.com. What have I changed since I started my podcast? Well, for the podcast itself, not a whole lot. I've, you know, I've been doing this show almost five years now. Uh, over 250 episodes, and I'm still using the same intro and outro, same music. Even though I've actually thought about kind of revamping the show and changing all that, but you know, in reality, I kind of like the way it is. What has changed is my own level of confidence, and I guess that's probably true of anyone that's done a show for you know more than a couple of years because you start out you know not really knowing what you're doing, not sure if anyone's going to want to listen to you. You know how it goes. When you have a few years to look back and you can see the reviews, and you can see the downloads steadily increasing over that whole time, and you actually hear from people by voicemail or by email about how they like the show and how it helps them, it's a great boost to the old ego, and it really brings up the confidence. And that's a tip I would give to the people listening that are thinking about it but haven't yet pulled the trigger on starting a podcast, and I'm sure you've said this before too. But after you've done 10 or 20 or 50 episodes, if you go back and listen to your first episode and you're really proud of how it came out, that just means you waited too long to start. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's one of those things I was doing. Uh, I do a live review show called the Podcast Review Show. I do that with Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach. And the other night, it's me, Eric, and our guest, and we're going over this person's podcast head to toe. and. Uh, his power went out. We just completely lost him. And normally I would freak out. And I was like, all right, Eric just texted me that he's out of power. And so we got him. I basically put him on speakerphone and held the the, the uh, phone up to the microphone so we could hear Eric for the rest of the show. You just kind of go, you know what? I'm all right. And here's the other thing I like about Scott's comment. He didn't change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So please don't walk away from this episode thinking, I need to change something. No, it's just a matter of if you want to change something, you can. But in Scott's case, he's like, you know what? I kind of like the way this show works. People seem to like it. I think I'll stay with what it is. But I love the fact that he does have a little more confidence. And that is something Pat Flynn has said, that if you are a person who stumbles maybe talking in public, even though you're doing this to nobody, to a wall in some cases... Bottom line, you are practice getting words out of your mouth. And sometimes speak me better does it needs work now could. You know what I mean by that. Next up, we got Sean. Hey, Dave, it's Sean from the Slept in Government podcast at sleptinclass.com. What have I changed from my podcast? Uh, quite a bit. Actually, in my original podcast that I was doing, I really wanted to get a huge audience like really quickly, and it was in the middle of the uh, 2016 election. I've got like a political podcast, and so I'm listening to these shows like you know, about social media and everything, and they say, oh, you've got to be online every day, and you've got to be on all these platforms, and so I was on everything I could come up with. I was on Twitter. I was on Facebook. I was on Instagram. I I was like making my own memes, not just retweeting them, like making new ones and, and posting all the time. 
and I was making original artwork for all of my episodes and just it was this like daily grind of of just putting out whatever content I could to try to sort of then entice people to follow me and then they would see my when I posted a episode and then they would follow and then they would subscribe to my podcast. Well, this was the idea. And I'm not saying none of it worked, but I'm saying it was a lot of work for me. All the while, you know, I'm uh, a, a, you know married with three small children, and I work full time, and I was going to graduate school, so I was really burning the candle at like I don't know three or four or five different ends. And then my daughter had a ruptured appendix and ended up being hospitalized. And then my one of my very best friends, who had been one of my biggest supporters of the podcast, died after losing a battle from with mouth cancer. And so all of this sort of came crashing down. I was already stressed, and all this came crashing down. And I said, that's it. I just walked away from the whole podcast. I just, just dropped it. But I really missed podcasting. And so after probably about four or five months... I said, I want to come back to it and I want to start a new podcast, but I can't do it like that again. I'm still in grad school. I still have small children. My daughter is better, thank goodness, but I still have a lot of of, of work that I that I do. I have a very busy life. And so I said, if I'm going to do a podcast, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to do all that stuff. So, you know, I may tweet occasionally, but I don't do a lot and I don't go around making new memes all the time. And I don't try to make original artwork for my podcasts. I try to have good content that's well presented and all this sort of extra promotion stuff. I know it would probably help me get more listeners, but I just don't have the time for it. And so it's something that I've made a choice to do because if I'm going to be able to do my podcast, there is a limited amount of time in the week that I can actually do it. And I have to cut back to make sure that I can produce a good product in that time period. And that's, and that's what I'm doing differently with my podcast. I guess being a little more low key is, is the way to summarize that. All right, Dave, thanks. Thank you, Sean. I'm so sorry to hear about your friend, but that was a lot of wisdom right there. You need to come up with a podcast. This is why we say record a couple episodes first, then pick your schedule because in all the stuff he was doing, like he said, it's not, waste of time. But if you don't have enough time to do that, please don't let that stop you from doing your podcast. Great words. Next up, we have Brian. Hi, I'm Brian Ensminger from the Engaging Missions show, which you can find at engagingmissions.com. Every week I interview missionaries and church planters about their stories and what God has done in and through their lives. And I would say that over the last three years, I can't begin to count the number of things that I've changed about my show. When I first started, I was following a uh, a very John Lee Dumas style interview format, and that was uh, driven primarily by the necessity to be able to systematize things because I didn't know what to do to research. I didn't have a lot of time to put into that kind of thing. So I really kind of followed that format for a little while, but I knew early on that I was going to have to shift, that it wasn't really me. And so as I began getting more comfortable behind the mic, I started shifting that because I really wanted to in- to increase the quality of my shows, to uh, to offer better value to my listeners and also to my guests, and to draw on some of the experiences and some of the things that are unique about me. 
Uh, I still tend to have a flow that follows a similar format every week. But as I as I hear something as we're talking, then I might dig in a little bit further to find out the things that are interesting there. So I've definitely done that. I've also increased or improved on the quality of the equipment that I'm using. When I first started, I was using a Logitech headset mic. Not a great mic, but it was in the budget. Now I've upgraded a couple of times to where I'm using a, a much higher quality mic and a mixing board and some of the things that are going into that. I've also added segments to the show. So instead of being just an interview with an intro and a, an outro, I've also added a little bit of a tease. I've put in some... Uh, occasionally I'll have another segment about something else, uh, either before or after the interview. I might uh, put some little things to break up the interview a little bit, sort of like a commercial would be on the radio, to also uh, kind of separate some of the longer segments. I've tried out a number of different things in these places. Some of them I've gotten feedback that they work. Some of them I've got feed, gotten feedback that I, that they don't work. And so the things that didn't work, I pulled out. I've also discovered that if something doesn't add a whole lot of value, but it adds a lot of time to the production, I might pull that kind of thing after I've tested it for a couple, uh, you know, a few weeks, maybe a couple of months. And I've done that a number of times throughout the show. You know, I'll put something in, see if it sticks. If it doesn't, I might pull it out. If I get feedback that it didn't work very specifically, I might pull it out a little bit more quickly. Uh, There have been several things that have happened that way with me. I've also brought some people on to help me because the show grew beyond what I could do at the time, Uh, not so much in terms of technical capability, but in terms of the time available to do it. And so I've brought on an audio editor who helps me with some of the editing. I'm able to do all of the recording and send him segments that are relatively cleaned up, and then he's able to put all that together and do the mastering. I've also brought somebody on to help me with the show notes so that I've been able to add timestamps so that it's easier to find things if people go back or want to share something specific. And then I've also, because you know I'm bringing people on that are doing just these things, they're able to focus on them better than I would if I was trying to do everything. In order to do that, I've also changed the process flow that I use. So I've got a system in place now where I I can move things across different stages of the production cycle so that I know where everything is and that I can make sure that I never miss a publishing date and so that the right people have access to the right things at the right time. That's one thing that's really helped me to be able to work better with people. I've always got things that I want to try out, always got things that I want to improve always want to find ways to do things faster, cheaper, better, you know, and to to bring more people and more minds into the mix. And that's one of the considerations that I had because I always thought, well, you know, I could always invest in technology if it's available or I could invest in people. And in instances where I'm able to invest in people instead of technology, I really want to bring on those other people to uh, to help with the show because I'm getting not just the technical skills to do something, but I'm getting a person with a brain who cares about what I'm doing and they bring something to the table that software can't bring. So those are some of the things that I've changed. This has been a little bit more long-winded than I anticipated. <laughs> I guess I can talk quite a bit, but I'm really excited about some of the things that I've also picked up by listening to other podcasts like the School of Podcasting and some other shows where I've learned things about how to interview better and I've also learned things about what I might consider adding to my show to make it better. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention this because not only did I get feedback from listeners and people that care about the show, I've also joined a number of groups, a couple of them on Facebook as well as uh 
Daniel J. Lewis's Podcaster Society, and I've gotten great feedback from those groups about some of the things I could do better. And earlier this spring, when I really wanted to upgrade some of the things related to the sound of my show, I actually took Chris Curran's Podcast Engineering School, which has helped me even more. And I've been able to improve not only the the sound, but also the editing quality of my show and also a couple of other shows that I do some editing for. So that's also been another place where I got some ideas for things I could do better to continue to improve the quality of my show, not just for me, but also for the people that are listening so that they're getting a great quality product. They're more likely to come back and then I'm creating a, a greater platform to share with my guests. So that's one other thing I've done is joining groups and taking classes. And then we lost the rest of his thing. I don't know if SpeakPipe cut him off, but holy cow, the thing I love about that there's a guy that's not afraid to try stuff. So thank you very much for your words of wisdom all the way from Dallas, Fort Worth and the yellow studios. You want to hear a great set of pipes from a great podcast. Take it away. Mr. Cantrell. Hi, Dave. Randy Cantrell. Got a couple of podcasts, but I'm going to talk about my business podcast, which is found at growgreat.com. This is a podcast that's been around for over a decade. I have pivoted this podcast considerably through the years the podcast has always mirrored the focus of my coaching and consulting work. It has never pivoted or iterated based on feedback from other people. It's always been based on the intent of my work. And about two years ago, I got immersed in learning about peer advisory groups because I was seeing highly successful people gathering in confidential groups of their peers to discuss anything and everything. And this was in my experience, this was an outlier. I I had not really been in that world. And there were so few people that I was coaching and consulting who were in that world, but the ones who were, it, it was hugely impactful. And so the more I sat down with CEOs and business owners, I realized that the issues that they face are often very deeply personal. And my feeling was, you know, these people could be ideally served if they could be in a room, physical or virtual, to get multiple diverse perspectives where people can kind of share their experiences. And so as my interest and my business focus took a turn, well, so did the podcast, which is now called The Peer Advantage Podcast. Uh, It is now narrowly focused on the advantages small business owners have when they surround themselves with other business owners who can help them and other business owners that they can help. There you go. Randy is literally following his passion. He's like, look, I like this thing. This is how I want to run my business. And the podcast follows the business. And I'm a fan of Randy Cantrell. And I'm following along because I, yeah, the content's great. But you know what? I tune in for the host. I tune into both of Randy's shows. So it's great stuff. And if you can't be passionate about your subject, your audience is going to tell. So last one here. Last but not least, and then I'll throw in one more from me. This is Zach. Take it away, buddy. Hey, Dave, this is Zach Demopoulos with Raising Rents, as in Parents Podcast. I wanted to answer your question about what I've changed in my show. I launched my show in February of this year, and when I launched, I had a few shows in the can, as many experts have advised me. And I was just pumping out a show every week, and I was really happy about that. And then all of a sudden, I ran out of shows and time. So you can play that sound effect. Hey, dummy, did you forget something? Yeah, that's my voice telling me, man, I screwed up. I uh, didn't realize the time and commitment I need to produce the shows that I like to produce. 
And so I've had to reconfigure what I do, and I'm about to relaunch with a bi-weekly program. And the goal is to just to produce a good show and get it out there twice a month. So that's what I changed, and I'm really happy about it, though disappointed because I've got a lot of content, a lot of great guests that I've interviewed, but I'm getting there. And uh, thank you for asking. As always, take care and keep on messaging. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Good to hear from you. Don't beat yourself up too bad on that because the first time you shoot a basket in basketball probably doesn't go in. Uh, the first time you drive a car, I don't know about you, but most of the teenagers I know uh, have an accident under their belt. It's just the way it happens. And the cool thing is that I love to hear about that comment. You're not quitting. They're like, all right, I learned my lesson on this one. Going to come back bi-weekly. Awesome. Looking forward to it coming back. What have I changed on this show? This show originally was a lot of just me. I didn't have a lot of guests because there was so much happening in podcasting that I was just talking about everything and everything. And then I eventually started interviewing different technologies. I started doing mic reviews. And basically, I just talk about uh, the, the thing I've changed this year, and I'm, I'm taking this from Stacking Benjamins. I'm making my interviews shorter so that I'm still in the episode. It used to be in the past where if I did an, an episode that was an interview, it was like a 45 minute interview and it was just a little bit of me. And to me, I hear people talk about how they tune into the show to listen to me. And when I was having an interview, you weren't getting a whole lot of me, not that it's all about me, but if you're tuning in for me, Give the people what they want, right? So that's what I've changed on this show. And obviously this year I did this segment. I've, I've still been doing it, asking people a question for the end of the month. Next month's question, as we wrap this up before we get into the power of distraction and the question that I, or the question, the mistake I made last week, the, uh, the question for next month, and not everybody's going to be able to answer this, but if you've had one of these, when you start to get to a certain level of podcasting, you're going to get a email from somebody about being on your show. Pick the worst one, or if you still have it, if you're like me, you probably deleted it, but record something and tell me about it, just how horrible it was, uh, how off base it was. And this is inspired by Glenn the Geek. He forwarded me one that I was like, wow, this is seriously one of the worst I have ever scene. It was like, you couldn't, it just, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let Glenn talk about it, but I was just like, wow, that's bad. And the next paragraph, you're like, really? They're going to do this. And then the last paragraph, and then they ended it with, with something that I was like, no, they did not. So wait till you hear about that. And that will be, let's see if I do this. Yes. I will need your replies by August 25th. Now, most of us, or many of us, I shouldn't say, are going to be at podcast movement that week. So get them in early. And that's the other thing. Normally the last Monday is the 28th. That is the Monday after podcast movement. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be talking about podcast movement that. So I would, I'm still going to do it. It may be end up being the first uh, podcast, the first episode of September instead of the last episode of August. That will be a game day decision. And you can put, let's see, today is that 77, 78, 79, 80, 81. Just put 581 in the subject line when you, so you can record it and then like an MP3 file and just attach it 
and put 588 in the subject line. The email is dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks to everyone who contributed to this week's episode. I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate it. And links to everybody's show is out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 577. And the final thing before we get to the power of distraction is realize after listening to this episode, you can change things in your podcast. It's not set in stone. If you want to try this, try that, you can. As we always say here on the show, nobody's going to punch you in the face. So if you start something and you want to change it, you can. All right, I said I made a mistake last week. We're going to get to this quick because I realize, wow, we're we're closing up on an hour. Last week, I said I've got this special deal for you. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash the messengers, this is that documentary that I was involved with. We want everyone to pre-order this. Please, please, please. We're talking five bucks. If I've if you've ever gotten any value out of this show, this is how you can repay me. There are two ways. Number one, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash the messengers and pre-order this. Now, the bad news is I said, then forward me your receipt. And it turns out you don't get a receipt when you pre-order. So we're going to go on the honor system here. Take a screenshot of your iTunes or whatever you used. As I said last week, prove to me that you bought it. Then I realized somebody could do a screenshot, throw it in a Facebook group, and everybody's going to get the bonus. What's the bonus? When you forward that to me, and put the title, I have a message, dash your name. So if it was me, I have a message, dash Dave Jackson. Put the screenshot of you ordering your pre-order of The Messengers by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash The Messengers. You will get a 40% off coupon for the School of Podcasting that lasts for the first six months. So again, if you're interested in this, schoolofpodcasting.com slash The Messengers. Take a screenshot that you pre-ordered it. Email it to me, Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. In the subject line, put, I have a message, and then dash your name. Thank you so much for that. And I apologize. I didn't realize you weren't going to get a uh, receipt for that. Surprise! What are you talking about, Dave? Power of distraction. I had the opportunity this weekend. My This is where things get weird. I have an ex-wife. So I also have an ex-mother-in-law. I have ex-stepchildren. But for this segment, I'm just going to refer to them, for the most part, as my uh, mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my stepkids. We all know they're ex, but for the record, it just gets weird. And my father-in-law passed away. And it wasn't a surprise. We knew he was going downhill. We didn't know he was going downhill that fast. And so I get this text that says from my ex-wife, are you coming? And I wasn't even sure if I was wanted there, but these are my stepkids. I were in my life for eight years and they just lost their grandpa. And I really, really wanted to go. Wasn't sure. It's one of those weird things. Where's the manual? Is this, am I allowed? Is it, you know? And um, so I went there and when I'm in awkward situations, I tend to deal with humor. That's what I do. And I was thinking about when my mother died. It's just so awkward to be in a room with a dead person. And I thought, I'm going to go in and if nothing else, get everybody talking and try to distract them from the fact that their grandpa is 20 feet behind me in a casket. 
And so I'm waiting in line and my ex-wife sees me and she's like, who is that? <laughs> and uh, my sister-in-law said, what's he doing here? I said, look, I just snuck in. And I said, I just came for the food. And I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed, which then made everybody laugh because there's no food at calling hours. Typically, there wasn't in this case. And uh, I went over and gave my mother-in-law a hug and, you know, said, how you doing? Which is always a stupid question to ask at a, you know, calling hours. And uh, she said, it's so nice to see you. I'm so glad you came. And I said, well, I had to. I said, you do know you're my favorite ex-mother-in-law. You're in the top two. And uh, which, of course, made her laugh. And that's what I do, I guess. That's how I handle awkward situations. And then uh, I was went over. And in some cases, I hadn't seen my stepkids besides Facebook stuff, you know, in the better part of a year. So I'm catching up and my my middle stepdaughter is now a nurse. She followed in mom's shoes and, and they caught up with my oldest one. In fact, the thing that really touched me the most is when I first got there, there wasn't any kind of receiving line yet. And I gave my, my ex-wife a hug, met her boyfriend. And the minute this appeared to be what happened, the minute my, uh, my oldest stepdaughter saw me, she came over and gave me a big hug and, and just cried and said, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. And that made me feel huge. And sad at the same time, because you don't want people to cry, but I understand it's it's that whole weird, awkward thing. And so later I was looking around and I'm talking with them and my, my stepson, who's the youngest, was kind of sitting there, for lack of a better phrase, brooding. Um, And, and I was like, all right, I gotta, we, we gotta stop that because he's obviously in, not in a great place. And I went over and just said, I understand you have a drone. Now he's going to school in Purdue to work with aircraft. So he's all about flying and things like that. He opens up his phone, showed me about 8 million videos that he had taken with his drone. And so for the better part of a half hour, I distracted him. I distracted my stepdaughters from, you know, updating me on what they're doing. How's life? How's your cat? They asked about Bernie. I showed them videos. They love Bernie, the cat show, uh, you know, and so the power of distraction you're like, Dave, what does that have to do with podcasting? There are times that you're creating a podcast, and maybe it's simply to just share your your message, and you have a passion, and you have no idea if anybody's listening, and you're not doing a show about how to make a million dollars and and get a boat. Look at me, I'm on a boat, and or am I, you know, how to grow your business or how to do this or it's not educate whatever it is. Maybe it's entertainment. Maybe you're doing a, a sci-fi movie podcast or you're doing a show on Saved by the Bell or wh- whatever it is. It's something that's entertaining. It's either entertaining, it's emotional, and maybe it's educational. Who knows? It's something in there. And you never know that your podcast may be simply distracting somebody from a really crappy day, from a really crappy situation that they're in. And for whatever, however long your podcast is, be it five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, you're distracting them. You are pulling them away. You are are in their head, you're in their ears, and you're distracting them from what could be a horrible situation. And so I say this because when I went to leave, uh, again, I'm, I'm hugging everyone good, goodbye. And they're like, thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad you were here. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I didn't do anything. I really didn't do anything. I just showed up and I talked to people. Now, I, I purposely 
wanted to distract them. I wanted to get them talking. I wanted to just anything I could do to get them to smile and things like that. But I was mainly just being me. That is in my heart. I'm a teacher. I like to help people. And these people needed help. They needed, you know, they, they needed something. And so for me, I was just being me. I really, you know, I, I dressed like Johnny Cash and got in a car and drive 40 minutes. I really didn't do a whole lot. And I was very happy that I could be there for them. I actually felt a little selfish because it made me feel good that I could be so helpful. But I just wanted to wrap this up and say, there are times that you may not be thinking you're doing anything of value. That maybe people just have you on in the background, or maybe people are just listening to you on the ride home or whatever. You might be the distraction that they needed to get through the day. And I'm here to tell you, after seeing that face-to-face, that's a very powerful thing. And it's something that they're very grateful for. So don't underestimate the power of your podcast and don't underestimate if you can be the distraction of the day. So I'm going to wrap it up with that. If you would like to join the school of podcasting again, right now, the best way now through August 23rd, that's when this ends. I want you to go to school slash the messengers, do your pre-order, take a screenshot, email that to me, Dave, at schoolofpodcasting.com. In the title, put I have a message and then your name. Attach the screenshot. I'm going to give you a coupon for 40% off. I apologize that that is like so many steps. You know, if you just want to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and click, you can. I just, I really want you to pre-order this movie. It's going to be awesome when it comes out on August 23rd. So however you want to do it, I would love to work with you. As I just said, my background's in teaching. I like to help people and I want to help you help other people in the world make the world a better place for a lack of a better phrase so thank you so much for listening i deeply appreciate it i appreciate everyone who's sending their clips thank you so much and until next week class is dismissed take care and god bless